everyone, this is PM Sports Talk, the father and son duo podcast. I'm your host, Preston, alongside my father, Mike, and dad. How are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, we had an interesting week of uh, sports, uh, non-football kind of in a sort of way uh, weekend, but uh, I'm ready to get into it. We got a big one coming up this weekend. Oh, yeah. We're going to save that for last, though. I'm ready to get into some college basketball. It's about that time of year. It's almost that time of year. March is just around the corner. We are about a month away almost. Yes, yeah, March Madness, the next big sporting event uh, for us to uh, kind of get lost into um, for a couple weeks, three weeks or so. Yeah, I can't wait. I've uh, been watching quite a bit of college basketball, especially this past weekend. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, your favorite team uh, is looking pretty good right now. That would be them, uh, the uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels, led by R.J. Davis. But they just had a huge game against the Duke Blue Devils this week. Of course, the biggest rivalry in college basketball by far. And it wasn't R.J. Davis carrying the load on offense. It wasn't uh, Armando Baycott carrying the load on offense. I'm saying it is Harrison Ingram, baby. He is on a tear. Game he, had. he is on a tear this week. ACC Player of the Week, and it just looks from up up from here. And another last thing before you, I let you go, uh, Armando Baycott absolutely shut down Kyle Filipowski, and I love to see. I hate that dude. Yeah, he's a hard guy to root for, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's bad enough he plays for Duke, but then he's got he's got a little edge to him. That makes it even more special when he gets beat. Uh, yeah, I was. Gl- I hate Duke. I've always hated Duke. Uh, it's just one of those teams that I hated because they always won. And, you know, they're not as good now that Krzyzewski's not there, but you can tell they're still going to be pretty good every year. Uh, Shire's got them going in the right direction. But, yeah, Filipowski, easy dude to root against, and I was glad to see Baycott, you know, kind of shut him down. Uh, and Harris English, yeah. Um, English. He was uh, Harrison English, right? English? Harrison Ingram. Ingram. Why am I saying English? <laughs> I'm having a hard time speaking today. Um, he was outstanding from three point. He, man, he got the pass and that ball was out of his hand. It was such a uh, such an awesome game. He just played so well. You know, R.J. Davis gets all the focus on that team, and he kind of like he still ended up with with his points in the end, right? But for most of that game, he didn't do a lot. He was, I mean, he was running the show, but he wasn't scoring. And it was up to the other guys, and they they came through in a big way. And, yeah, like you said, that's a lot of people would say that might be the biggest college rivalry, period, not just basketball. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people. I still say Michigan-Ohio State football is the biggest rivalry. Right. But that a lot of people will say that's the biggest one. And like you said, by far the biggest one in college basketball. Not even close. Not even close. Uh, They play twice a year, and they're probably the two – I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that probably the, the two top-rated games of the of the regular season in college basketball. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Uh, everybody was, can't wait to see those games. Even when one of the teams isn't that, that good, it's still a great game. Right. Because like last year, North Carolina wasn't that good. But those games were still good. You know, there was a lot of fervor there, a lot of passion, I should say. I don't remember how those games ended up last year, but I know the passion was there from the fans, and it's it's a lot like, uh, you know, like Pittsburgh and Baltimore in football, NFL. When one of those teams is bad, doesn't matter. The game is still a big time rivalry, mm-hmm. and that's the same with that. And yeah. goes for a lot of rivalries in sports. Um, 
But yeah, like you said, the other guys stepped up. There is guy. I mean, the this North Carolina team is stacked with role players. I mean, Elliot Cadeau, freshman, he is in the starting lineup. He's been good. Uh, Seth Trimble off the bench, he's been amazing. Uh, Cormac Ryan can give you some offense. He he's a little shaky on defense, but he still gives you that good offense. Um, but yeah, it was just a great win for UNC. Uh, Flipik Flipowski. Such a weird name to say, but he got shut down by Armando Baycott, and uh, it was just a great yes. game to see. It was great, and you know, um, most of the time those two teams aren't bad. Like I was saying, when one's bad, they're good. The game's still good, but more often than not, both teams are really good. Right. That's probably the best. You could probably say that's probably why it might be the best rivalry is because those teams are almost always good. Yeah. It's very rare for one of them to be bad. They're usually running the ACC and if like the NCAA as a whole. And a couple of years ago, they were both in the Final Four. Oh, yeah. I and mean, they, they played. They played in the Final Four. At, I mean, so, yeah, it's just a great rivalry. Nothing better. Um, yeah, um, North Carolina and Duke. This year, I'm going to say that North Carolina has a, a very good chance to win the national title. I don't think Duke does, but I think North Carolina does. I I could see them there. I'm not going to pick them to win it, but I would not be shocked at all if they're there at the end. That team has got players all over the place. So um, my pick as of right now, from what I've seen and what I watched this weekend, would be the UConn Huskies to go back-to-back. I'm saying it's either UConn or UNC winning it all this year. I don't think anyone who – fame. How would it work? I mean, if they stay where they are right now, it just depends, I guess, on where they put them. But I would love to see those two meet up in the national championship. Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be great. Uh, I'm, I mean, two great programs like that. I mean, it would be awesome to see. It'd pretty much be like a one or versus one or one versus two. They're both but, projected to be one seeds. Yeah, so, but uh, people are going to look at them and be like, oh, the best teams are in there. But that you know you're getting a great game out of that. They're already saying, I mean, you know, the NCAA tournament upsets happen all the time. Right. So, yeah. But if you just, if you're just forecasting from a month away, those are the two teams you got to pick. Um, Kansas, I, they're a little bit shaky. I, uh, I, I, I just don't think they can. I mean, you never know, but they just don't seem like they're a good enough shooting team to me. UConn, another big game this weekend, past weekend, they played St. John's, who's, Trying to uh little resurgence with Rick Patino as their coach this year, trying to get back to the glory days. And it was Madison Square Garden Saturday at noon. That place was hopping. Um it was a good very good game until, you know, like halfway through the second, and then UConn pulled away. And what impressed me so much with UConn was their top score didn't play that game. Uh and they still pulled away and won quite easily at the Who's end. Who's their top scorer? It's um, Caravan. Really? He's their top scorer this year, but... Oh, that team's loaded, though. I mean, you got... That's why I say he, he's not their best player, because... It's either Newton. It's probably Newton, actually, or Klingon, or... Kling, they have Klingon, who's not their best player, but he's the, he, he's the big guy in the uh, middle. Um, Newton. Not He's not, either. You don't... You, who is? You know who their best player is? Who? Stefan Castle, the rookie who's going to be a top five pick in the draft this coming year. Really? And the reason you haven't heard much of him is because he's coming off an injury. But he played this game 
25 points, made it look so easy. I, I knew he was on the team, but in the other games that I've watched, he wasn't this impressive. And when I found out from watching this game that I didn't know, I knew he was a rookie, a freshman and all that. I didn't realize how hyped he was. I didn't realize the announcers were saying, hey, this guy is a lottery pick. Um, he's just getting healthy now. This is just the beginning. You're starting to see the real Stefan Castle. And uh, so I didn't realize that. But after watching him on Saturday, I'm like, whoa, this guy is good. And that's what I mean with this team. They are loaded. They don't yeah. have a weakness. UConn, yeah. They didn't last year either. You got, I mean, and they and, didn't really lose anyone. They lost to no-go. Uh, they lost some guys. Andre Jackson, right? Him, and uh, he was good. Did you forget about their best player, Who? Hawkins? Oh, Hawkins, right. They lost three NBA players. All three of those guys are on NBA rosters. Two of them uh, are playing right now. That shows sports. you recruiting, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and another guy I didn't mention that's playing that was a transfer from Rutgers is Spencer. Uh, he's their, like, shooter. Mm-hmm. He's, like, their Hawkins. Or... Yeah, he, uh, I forget his first name, Samson or something like that, okay. Spencer. Yeah. Um, he scored over 20 points this week. He made, like, five out of seven three-pointers. I mean, just automatic. And, yeah, that team is loaded. So if they don't get to the to the Final Four, it's a, it's a big upset. Plus, from what they were saying, um, they can, uh, the where the NCAA tournament is, I think they said... Massachusetts would be their first or their first weekend, and then if they made it farther, they'd end up playing the regional final in Brooklyn. Well, if, which if you don't know this, UConn, uh, basically Madison Square Garden, Brooklyn, there it's like their home turf. Um, St. John's is the New York City school, but UConn, with their success lately, has kind of taken over New York City. Mm. So. It's like those would be home games for them, and they, they could ride that right through um, right through the Final Four. So, yeah, it, it's going to be amazing. I mean, I, I probably would be rooting for them because I like the way they play. I mean, I, I'm not going to root for them against St. John's, but against anybody else, I, I probably will root for them because I, I I've always liked UConn in a way, and uh, I don't see any reason why, I, why they won't get there this year. That's <laughs> This was a big-time upset. You talk about uh, March Madness with all the upsets and stuff. I mean, you look at last year, it shows a great example. UConn, right, they were there. They were supposed to be there. A lot of people had them. But you look at the other teams, and you're like, I didn't expect them. There are San Diego State, FAU, and Miami. Yeah, and those three teams were not supposed to be there. No. So so that, that's what you mean. You just never know. Purdue was supposed to be there. We'll see what Purdue does. Uh, everybody's saying this Purdue team, which again is ranked number two now, I think in the country they were one, uh, but they're, they've been like ranked one or two the last two years straight. And last year they got beat out in the, was it the first round or second round? First. First round. FDU. The, the year before, I think it was the first or second round. And they lost to St. Peter's the year before, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Second round, I think. First round, maybe. So they're they have a lot to prove. Second round, yeah, or third. It was the second or third. I remember because St. Peter's would be Kentucky in the first round and Murray State in the second or third, and one of the two. Yeah. So, and anyway, they they have a lot to prove. So um, they're a lot of people's pick to get there too. But they've been everybody's pick to get there the last 
couple years and they haven't got there. So you just never know. Uh, but if, if I was a betting man, UConn would be the team that I would bet on and probably Carolina second. And then from there, there's always usually going to be some upsets. So there's going to be somebody in there that you don't expect. And we'll have to wait and see who that's going to be this year. But I think it'll be a great tournament because I think when you take away those two or three top teams, I think the rest of college basketball is pretty balanced. Um, I think anybody can beat anybody. So it's going to be very interesting. With the transfer portal and NIL and all that, it's even the playing field kind of. So, hey, I think it'll be an awesome tournament once again. And I expect upsets, but I don't expect those top two. I think they'll be there. Okay, so you're saying Carolina, UConn, Final Four. I would say unless some unless some unless there's a big injury or something that changes things, yeah, as of right now, those two teams, I would expect to be there. But the rest of it, I think it's up in the air. Interesting. Uh, Purdue, I like that you mentioned them. Uh, their best player is Zach Eady. <laughs> I mean, do you see anyone else? Like their whole, it's pretty much Zach Eady and shooters, shooters, yeah. spot up shooters. Yeah, I mean, like you I, look at all their guys, they can make free throws. They have good, obviously, have good free throw percentages. And then you got like defensive guys. I mean, Zach Eady is your reliable guy, and if a team finds out how to shut him down, well, that's what they did last year. They exactly. Double, I think they just double teamed him or triple teamed him and made the other guys try to beat him, and that's how they got beat. Yeah. Uh, He's not a great. He's gonna if he gets inside, yeah, he's gonna score. But he's not a big time shooter or anything like that. Like some of these big guys are. I don't, unless he's gotten better this year, um, he's he's gonna score. You know, within ten, you know, eight ten feet from the basket and, and in. So if he's, you can control that, then yeah, he's better from the line this year. I know that. But um, going, I'd love to see if Zach E came to college a little earlier. Imagine. UCF versus Purdue, Taco Fall against Zach Eady. They would not be having as much success if they had like somebody like that facing them. No, he would have got shut down because Fall was just too. He was even bigger than him. Uh huh. He was just a monster. Seven six. Crazy. That's that's why I. It'd be interesting to see like Purdue play UConn with Klingon against. Fall. Oh, Klingon. That would be very interesting. Klingon's a very good defensive player, but he does get in foul trouble a lot. That's the only issue with him. So he's not refined yet, but uh, I think that'd be very interesting. I'd still would pick UConn to win that one, but because I think their overall team is better. But right, yeah, interesting. Uh, we'll have to see what happens, but yeah, I can't wait. Like I said, it's about a month away, and it gets rolling. And uh, it's that that is. There was a guy on sports the other day talking about how the Super Bowl is one of the biggest events of the season as far as betting and all that, gambling and all that, and just people watching on TV. But he said, you know what the biggest one is? It's the NCAA tournament. It's actually bigger than the Super Bowl. Yeah, 64 teams in it because there's so much you have to like consider with college basketball. It's a little bit different than football. It's the bracket thing, too. You got people, You got just anybody. Everybody's doing it. They're doing it at their office. They're doing it. At their place of work, just, having pool, you know, pool office pools and all this, and then ESPN challenge thing, and all that. It just, it's just a big, big deal, and you know, everybody does it. So, do you think anyone will ever get a perfect bracket? Not when, not when no. we're alive. Uh, I, I doubt. I mean, I guess it could happen, but I doubt it. 
But yeah, just can't wait for Greg Gumble for to come on TV and announce that so we can make our brackets. Yeah, it's, and it's just fun because you can follow along and see how you did your how you picked the teams. It's it's pretty good. Uh, we'll have to uh, maybe do uh, something about on that uh, one of our episodes before that. Definitely, definitely. Um, we aren't we aren't just gonna go over the tournament in UNC. I want to go over. Uh, well, we you broke down the St. John's game. Uh, there's a UNC has a big game today uh, against Clemson, who is 14 and seven. They are they put up a good fight against Duke, um, but they lost to a controversial foul call on Tyrese Proctor. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see that. There's a couple good games coming up. Your St. John's play today, right against uh, DePaul. Yeah, that should not be a close game at all. Paul's horrible. This, this is St. John's chance to get that momentum and get back on track. They get back because they were projected to be in the tournament, and now they're not. So their recent losing skid has them just outside. They're picked like the, excuse me, like one of the last teams not to get in. So they just need a win. They need a win, and then they need to get some more wins and and do decent in the Big East tournament, win a game or two. Right. So. Is their schedule tough after this game? It is. They play Marquette next. Oh, great! Who's also, I think, top ten ranked. Um, they did put. A, they did lose by only three points, I believe. They lost by or two by one point to Marquette. Really? And they lost by one point to Creighton. They got they against Marquette. They got the look they wanted for the game winner too. They got it into the middle of the court. Soriano, who was that guy with the dreadlocks who shoots? Oh, it was um, Jenkins. Yeah, Jenkins, he had a good look at it. He was pretty much wide open. And they had like just... two or three. Sh- they should have won the game. They had two or three uh, chances to win it, and then they just couldn't make a shot. Right. I think I think they're a year. It's so tough. I want to say they're a year away, but a lot of these players they have now won't be there next year either. So um, I think Patino has to um, hit his first year. He's one of those guys that's a really good recruiter. Right. Um, but it's a little different now. Than when he was the top dog, um, but then it was all recruiting. Now it's transfers and stuff too. Transfer portal. Take so over it's a little college. different because um, like Jenkins won't be there next year. There's a couple other guys in that like Soriano won't be there next year. Um, there are a couple he, guys there that will be. That he's are, your guy, Soriano. Yeah, he's good. Um, I he's good, but he's a little overrated, I think. But he's still good. He's decent. Um, but yeah, isn't he your best player though? I mean, that's he's all that their inside player, but I think Jenkins is probably their best oh, player. But yeah, it's either him or Jenkins. Yeah, they don't win. They don't win without Jenkins. Uh, Soriano, they can win without, but yeah. So yeah, they might be a year away, but it'd be awesome if they could get back in there. You know, when New York City's team is in the tournament, it's always good for the good for college basketball. Plus, when they're good, you know, they're the Big East tournament is pretty good too when they're when they're good there. So. We'll see, but yeah, uh, it's all UConn right now for me. They're the best team. Well, it's we're gonna stick with basketball, but we're going to the pros. NBA, some big news. Joel Embiid, yes. is out for four weeks with a meniscus some injury. Um, Philadelphia has already dropped way down in the standings. Right, they're down to what fifth or sixth. Mm-hmm. They're gonna keep dropping. Don't you think? Yeah. They got. I don't. I mean, I still. Th- they'll still make the playoffs, but they're not going to be. Uh, they might be in a play-in round, right? Mm-hmm. I can see them dropping that low without him. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, 
Maxi is pretty much Maxi and Tobias Harris. That's who you got. You're gonna have Paul Reed starting at center. That's what you're looking at right there. Yeah, so that team's really gonna drop. Uh, even when he comes back, I mean, he's out for four weeks. I mean, he's not like he's gonna be great. He's not gonna be playing full game or right. anything. So he's probably gonna be restricted on minutes, minutes and stuff like that. So who knows? Their season might. Be, I mean, not that I expected them to do anything anyway, but. They might. This might be a lost year for that team. Yeah. Um. Another thing I want to go on to, and it's in the East, the Bucks. How they are off to a rocky start with Doc Rivers in the Doc Rivers era. Yeah. What are they like? One and two or one and three? Yeah, they've only won one game under him. And get why is he coaching in the All Star? That's game? what I was gonna mention. Yeah. He's Missoula can't because. He's he would coach the team last year, but there's so much more options. I mean, I'd rather have I I probably take any coach he that has a winning record in the East over him. He shouldn't be allowed. He just only coached three games. I exactly. Mean, why is he allowed to coach in the in the All Star game? Tom Thibodeau is a good option. Yeah, somebody. So so the guy that coached in it last year can't coach in it the next year. Is that a rule? That's a rule. Yeah. That's pretty dumb. Mm-hmm. I never heard. I didn't realize that. I mean, don't you want the—I always thought it was the top coach in each league, of, of the team in the league coached in the All-Star game. Yeah, that's a pretty dumb rule. Shouldn't it always be the top guy? And, and I mean, I don't even know if I agree with—I mean, the Timberwolves coaches, I think Timberwolves or OKC is the top coach uh, in the West, but I don't think Chris Finch should be the coach either. He is not a good coach. He yeah. just has a good roster. He, that's what it is to me. Yeah, but you got to reward the coach if that team's number one. I'm taking OKC's coach over him. Yeah, he probably is a better coach, but you have to go by whoever the t- the team that's better. Well, at the time when when they decide to pick who was ever in first place, right? Doc Rivers isn't the best right now. No, uh, so that's stupid. <sighs> NBA does some stupid things anyway. That's why it's so. I love college basketball way more. Uh, the NBA to really they just annoy me. There's, they just do things that are annoying. Um, yeah, the, I agree. The players are annoying. Uh, they don't play. They only want to play sixty games. They get paid to play eighty-two. They only want to play sixty. Uh, they just have this, like, uh, we'll see in the playoffs attitude. They don't. Uh, fans are paying money to go see these superstars. Right. They only come to their town like once or twice a year, and then they sit out the game. And the, meanwhile, these guys pay all this money for their tickets. I mean, they I mean, and they've made rules to try to uh, stop this. Uh, that's a sixty-five. What, what's game it called? Rule. What's it called? The um, load management. Load management. Right. Uh, I mean, it's pretty freaking obvious. Joel Embiid didn't want to play it in Denver. That's why he sat out. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious. I mean, you're not hiding it. Even though the Lakers beat the Celtics last week, LeBron and Anthony Davis sit out. When it's the Lakers against the Celtics, and he and they—that's the only the, time they're going there. They play the next game. Yeah, that's the only time they're going to Boston. That's the biggest. That's the biggest rivalry in uh, NBA all-time rivalry is the Celtics and the Lakers. That's pretty sad. And they don't even—they can't play in that game. Yeah, it makes no sense. And they did. I mean, be frankly honest with you, they did better without them. Yeah, they won the game, so it, it looks it looks smart on their part. But that's the fans didn't want to see Austin Reeves; they want to see LeBron James. I mean, I mean Austin Reeves they see as this up and coming player, but obviously you want to see LeBron or AD 
Yeah. I would have been peed off if I had seen, if I had bought tickets for a game like that, that I had to drive six hours to go watch. And then you find out, because you got to buy the tickets in advance. Then you find out the day before that they're not going to play because they just want to sit out. That would really annoy me. I'd, I'd be so mad if I was a fan. I mean, that's the problem. With, that's why you can't get into the NBA. That, I mean, as far as me, I mean, I get into it. I watch it at playoff time. It's exciting. But it's really hard during the regular season to because of what those players do. They never used to do this. Michael Jordan played 80 games a year. He might miss one or two games a year, and that's it. Mm. If he wasn't hurt, he didn't miss any. He'd play the whole season if he didn't have any any nagging injury at all. I can only imagine the injuries that he played with. And guess what? This whole load management thing was started by uh, Greg Popovich. Oh, my gosh, of course. With Tim Duncan. Right. He started it all. And it's ridiculous. It's it's running. The it's game. not proven one iota that it reduces injury at all. It's and it's ruining the game because you have guys that sit out that are still getting hurt. So right. it's not doing anything. So why don't you just play? That is just it's, it's just bad. It's not like they're playing every night. Mm-hmm. They're getting paid millions and millions of dollars, and to play a game that they love to play. I know it's a grind. I know it, it's a job for them. I understand that. But it's just unbelievable. You only have to play 80 games a year. I mean, I get it if you want to sit out for, like, a game, maybe two. But you don't need to sit out for the whole season. You don't need to sit out 15, 20 games. Yeah. That, that. That's just stupid. Yep. It's that's it's ruined the regular season. Um, there's nothing. There's not. Nobody. These big games. You see it, you're like, you look at the TV schedule, and you're like, oh, uh, Golden State's going to play, uh, or not Golden State, Denver's going to play Boston, or Denver, or Boston's going to play the Lakers, or whatever. You're like, oh, I, I'm going to put that on the calendar. I'm going to watch that game on Thursday night. And then you find out that half the players aren't playing. So it's like, why do you even bother? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. I think one of the teams that doesn't do it, the load management crap is the Celtics. They are. Uh, they Those guys play. I give them credit. And guess what? They're not getting hurt any more than anybody else. And they're the best team in the league. Right. By far. Well, so, not by far, but you know what I mean. They are. The record. Record-wise, record they are. Record-wise, I'm saying. But, like, other and yeah. But, yeah, it's ridiculous. The load management crap needs to stop. And Adam Silver needs to put more punishment down because it's clearly not like Charles Bar- Charles Barkley said the other day, he's like, 65 should he goes I thought it should have been 70 um that would have been even that he said is bad but at least it's something he's he was he was there was somebody he was getting on I forget who it was but uh I like his I like Charles Barkley's comments when it comes to that cuz he's right on he gives it to those players all the time about the loads management thing oh yeah i mean to open up the season he was saying they were talking to Adam Silver about it um or it was opening up the in season tournament and Barkley's saying if you're if you're not hurt, if you're healthy, get up and play. Yeah, absolutely. I I just don't get it. That's just the the modern athlete. I mean, football players don't do that. I, I understand they don't play eighty games; they only play eighteen. But... I mean, they're pretty much putting up the they're they're playing sixteen games or uh, sorry, seventeen games now in the regular season, and they're probably putting their body on the line more than those NBA players. Oh, definitely. And they play every game that they're paid to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless unless they are so hurt they can't walk. 
And I don't I don't think MLB players do that that much either. They don't. They don't sit out a lot of games. I mean, they they sit. They play, you know, 162 games too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, they they get time off too, but not that much. Not right. as much as NBA players do. I mean, they get time off if they're injured, but yeah, I want to before we move on to our Super Bowl topic, I want to just uh, talk about the All Star events that are going on. So it's pretty cool that they're having they're going to have Steph Curry uh, go against. Uh, Sabrina Ionescu, uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but she's in the WNBA, and they're gonna do a one-on-one three-point contest match because Steph Curry, obviously the greatest shooter we've ever seen, and Sabrina is the leading three-point, has the highest score in three-point contest history in the WNBA. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, gives might uh, add some viewers to that because I don't think there's a lot of people watching that either. So right. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested. I, I'd watch that. I mean, is that? Um, are they still having the normal three point or just yes, that? Yes, they're having the normal three point. And then, then just him against her. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and um, the dunk contest um, participants are announced. How about Mac McClung, Jaime Hawkes Jr., rookie for uh, Miami, Jacob Toppin in the G League, Mac McClung's in the G League as well, and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's participating in the dunk contest. Well, at least you got one. So you got G League players in the dunk contest. Yeah, well, they had McClung last year too, but he he was lighting it up. He won the whole thing. Yeah, I know he was good, but still, how do you get riled up to watch G League players in the NBA slam dunk contest? I don't know. It, it was, it's so much more different than Michael Jordan versus Wilkins used back to have in the day. Superstars doing this now they can't do that either. Kobe. Vince Carter, one of the best dunkers. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Spud Webb. Oh, Spud Webb. What, what was he, like 5'9"? Yeah, he's real short. It was awesome. I used to watch it. I used to like to watch it. And I'm probably rather watch the three-point contest at this point. I mean, you you had very notable players in both three-point and slam dunk. And then I feel like this all started with LeBron again, with LeBron not not playing, not doing it. And then so none of these guys do it now. Yeah, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, way to way to represent your sport, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, with time running short here, it's time to get into the Super Bowl talk. The week of the Super Bowl, Sunday, we have the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. What do we think, Dad? Well, um, I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, I do. Yeah. yeah, I think they're both pretty evenly matched. Um, wouldn't be shocked if either either one wins. Uh, I, I give the edge to Kansas City strictly because of the quarterback mm. uh, and the coach. I think they have the best coach and the best quarterback. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. The 49ers, if they want to win this game, if they want to bring a championship to the San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan, they need to go out there and punch Kansas City in the throat. No more of these Brock Purdy slow starts, interceptions. It can't happen. It can't happen against this team. No, they need to get the lead. Um, if they fall behind, uh, I'm not confident. I'm not. They can't do like they did against Detroit. No, no, no. Oh, no. Because if Mahomes gets that sort of lead in the first half, it's over. It's gone. It's Forget done. It. You're playing a better defense, too. This is a better defense than Detroit has. Yeah, I mean, you got... You got all pros. Cornerbacks like McDuffie, Sneed. You got pressure from Carl Laftis, Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, and uh, Tranquil. Great tacklers at that linebacker position. They are loaded. 
and it would be hard. Justin Reed at safety. Justin Reed, right. Uh, that that defense is loaded. They have that one injury, which is going to hurt them. Amenahu, Charles Amenahu. Oh, right, right, right. He's another big pass rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could hurt him a little bit. But, yeah, um, they cannot get behind. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I know this sounds crazy. I would, If I won the toss, I'd almost take the ball and try to score right away. Really? I know it's it's crazy. You want to have that ball in the second half kickoff, but man, part of me is like, take that ball, go down, and score. But if you lose, if you lose the coin toss, that may be good for you too. Yeah, because then you get the ball. Because Kansas City is gonna is gonna defer. Right. Yeah. They're not worried. So, yeah. Like I said, Purdy has got to get off to a good start. If he's mm. nervous and, like you said, throws a couple interceptions, eh, not gonna be good because. That's the one thing about Kansas City. These teams, are, like I said, are fairly evenly matched, but Kansas City is um, a seasoned team. They've been here and done that. Right. All these guys, pretty much all these guys have been here, were on this team last year that won it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very few changes, I think, right? right. They all, that whole defense, for the most part. Um, yeah, you don't have much different ads. I mean, obviously you... You got a few guys, but... Yeah. It's basically the same team. That won it last year. I mean, a guy that's been huge for Kansas City. I mean, the rookie, Rishi Rice, he's been amazing. Yeah. I he, mean, he's been playing. There have been everyone's been saying, "Oh, it's only Kelsey." No, he's been he's been there at the receiver position. He's been good all year long. Uh, and then you got uh, Scantling. I like I like Scantling's story. He dropped that huge pass in the regular season against Philadelphia. Then against Baltimore, they trust him to seal the game, and he makes that incredible catch. Yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, he's come on lately. Um, yeah, their other um, tight end there is pretty decent, too. Noah Gray. Noah Gray. Then they got Watson. Mm-hmm, Justin Watson. He's a pretty good receiver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and those guys were there last year, except for Rice, who's a rookie, but those other guys were there last year. They're not going to – I don't think they're going to feel pressure – I think all the pressure is on the Niners, and oh, especially sure. on Shanahan, because he's lost the last time against Kansas City. He's lost twice as a coordinator um, in the Super Bowl. He's got a lot of pressure on him. This team needs to win. Um, so Purdy, uh, he, he seems, when you watch him, his demeanor is he doesn't look like a guy that gets rattled. Mm. But when you watch his play, in the playoffs, in the first halves, he was a little rattled. His play was rattled. Right. Um, his demeanor isn't. He doesn't seem like he doesn't show emotion. Um, he's not one of those guys. But when he was playing, he seemed like a little unsure of things in the first half of both games. Uh, and if he's unsure against the, the Chiefs, yeah, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Yeah. So let's get our predictions going here. Uh, Dad, how... Score, winner, what are we thinking? How is this game going to go? Um, I think your first half, um, I think the Chiefs are going to have a lead. Mm. A sm- I think it's going to be a small lead because uh, I think it's going to be probably something. You know, that's one thing with Super Bowls. The scores are always wacky. There's always some weird scores. You, you could have like a, a, a 12 to 10 ha- first half or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'll say uh, Niners, or not Niners, Chiefs ahead in the first half, low scoring, kind of, you know, 13-10, 12-10, something like that. I'm, that's what I'm thinking, 13-10 in the first half. 
And then I think the Chiefs, I think the Niners might might get their bearings, go ahead. But then I think Patrick Mahomes does it again. Gives the Chiefs the victory. Takes over the game in the fourth quarter. I'll say Chiefs, um, I'm going to say 23-21. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the, I just think the Chiefs, the experience at the quarterback position is going to make all the difference. Uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs win this game, we're going to say 27-23. to Yep, I guess that's a good score. I see it. Uh, it's how I see it going down. Uh, logic says that's how it's going to go down. Um, sometimes, you know, Super Bowl logic goes out the window, so you just never know. Mm-hmm. But if I was a batting man, that's how I would do it. Plus, the Niners are favored, so um, which is very weird to me. Why are the Niners favored? It's only a point or a point and a half, but why are the Niners favored? I just I don't get don't that. No, man. Why is anybody favored over Patrick Mahomes, especially this team that they just never learned? That's what it is. That should have lost to never the Lions. But anyway, yeah, I like Kansas City in a close one. Patrick Mahomes is the difference in a, two very even teams, except at the quarterback position. All right, there you have it. There is our Super Bowl predictions for this episode. Um, we thank you all for watching this episode of PM Sport Talk. Remember, subscribe to us on YouTube. We are so close to 5,000. Can't thank you guys enough. Um, but next week on the podcast, we are starting some new things with our off season. So expect great things from this podcast. We are going to keep content coming and just can't wait to show it to you guys. I am Preston once again, signing off with my father, Mike. Have a good one. Have a good Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see you next week. Hey, if you like what you see, you can subscribe down below and you can listen to our podcast at any time. And also, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at pmsporttalk at gmail.com. Also coming soon is a website. Thank you all for listening. Have a good one.